full tank of gas, half a pack of cigarettes. It's dark, and we're wearing sunglasses. Hit it. For those of you who are wondering why the heck I would actually put up something as irreverent and possibly irrelevant as that, let me just fill you in that the two Blues brothers, Jake and Elwood, are actually on a mission to save the uh, orphanage that they grew up in from closing. And being a couple of likely characters, one of whom has just been released from prison, uh, the only way they can think of to raise the money is to start back up their old band. And so they go on a hair-raising mission across America to bring their band back together to raise money for their, for their orphanage. And somehow along the way, they come up with this crazy notion that their mission is ordained by God. That the, the fact that there's a fairly fierce nun in the beginning of the photo, uh, beginning of the film, urging them on may have something to do with this. But this whole idea of being on a mission from God takes on a, a, a dimension beyond what they're thinking, and that actually is is part of the driving force behind this whole film. And if you look at it, I mean, if you think about it, really, it's they don't, they have no redeeming characteristics. But despite this, as you can see from the, the clips shown there, they've, they've got fixed in their mind that what they're doing is holy. They're on a mission from God, their own personal mission. And if you think about it, it's just a modern fairy tale. They overcome the odds, they have to use their faith, and therefore because it's a fairy tale, we can ignore it because we know that God would never use people like that to actually fulfill his purpose here on earth. Or would he? You see, I think we can draw two important implications from the story. And if you haven't seen the movie, um, it's probably available free on the net somewhere. So you, you can. It was actually a cult movie. It's one of those things that was made, and nobody ever expected anybody to go and see it. And it it got a reputation because I think the, there were more cars used it than it crashed in it than there were in the movie Bullet, which apparently was the record-keeping film for the number of cars destroyed in making a movie. And the Blues Brothers eclipsed that. How they did that on their limited budget, I really don't know. Although by the look of the cars, I suspect they got them all cheap. But one, one less, two lessons in life we can take from this. Are, the first is, you are already on a mission. I don't know whether you've thought about that, but this year, you, I, I would suspect that every single one of you is on a mission. And the second thing is that God can use you and actually wants to use you as part of his mission. And so let's have a look at perhaps an unlikely biblical character whom God used despite their obvious shortcomings. If you turn to Judges chapter 6 verse 11, we see this person that most of you have probably heard of before, a guy called Gideon. And Gideon, well let's read what Gideon's doing. It says in verse 11, the angel of the Lord came and sat beneath the great tree at Ophrah, nothing to do with Oprah, which belonged to Joash of the clan of Abiezer. Gideon, son of Joash, was 
threshing wheat at the bottom of a wine press to hide the grain from the Midianites. So the first thing we can see here is that Gideon was already embarked on his own mission. His mission was to feed his family despite the oppression of the Midianites by stealing their grain and threshing it in a wine press where they couldn't see it. So he was, he was, you could almost say he was on a secret mission. He was hiding. And so he was on, he was on a life mission already. And most of us here today are already on our own life mission. And it varies. You might be on a mission to buy a house. Who thinks that would be a great mission to be on? You might be on a mission to get a job. If you have a job, your mission this year might be to get a promotion or a pay rise or a change of job. You may have a pagola to build. <laughs> you may have plans to take singing lessons, guitar lessons, piano lessons, whatever sort of lessons. You may be re-landscaping your garden. You're planning an overseas holiday. You're doing a master's degree or a PhD or an undergraduate degree to achieve something this year. You might be going to the gym regularly as part of your mission. Okay, so I'm not. Well, actually, don't laugh, I am. So we've all got something, whether it be large or small, we, we, we've all got something that we're on a mission to do this year. Our own personal mission, our own objective, our own goal, our own plans, our own purposes in this world, we've already got them. And the great thing is that God wants to be a part of your mission this year. Now everybody, calm down. It doesn't mean, Ben and Georgia, that God is actually going to want to come and help you build a pergola. He's not going to come down and actually do that. He is not going to come and do the exams for your undergraduate degree for you and he is not going to come along to your singing lessons. In fact, he's probably going to avoid them completely. <laughs> Until you've had a few. But he does want to be a part of your mission. And what that actually means is that he wants you to put aside part of your mission this year to fulfill part of his mission. And I know there are some of you out there thinking, wish you wouldn't say things like that. I am so busy, you have no idea what my life is like this year. I haven't got room to stretch, never mind breathe. How am I supposed to fit in something else for God with all the pressure I'm under right now? You see, Gideon said more or less the same thing. If we read on in verse 14, it says, The Lord turned to him and said, Go with the strength you have and rescue Israel from the Midianites. I am sending you. Now, you can see Gideon was a bit confused. Here he is, he's threshing wheat in a wine press, hiding, and suddenly God comes. And Have you ever been in that situation? You're, you're hiding, you're just getting by, and you're praying to God. God, help me just get a little more wheat, just, just something to tide my family over, perhaps a fortnight's worth instead of a week's worth. Perhaps just a little bit extra, so I'm not under quite as much pressure. And God says, never mind the wheat, go and rescue the land of Israel from the Midianites. And we all immediately go, yes, just what I was wanting. And that's what Gideon says. He, he looks around and he says, but Lord, how can I rescue Israel? My clan is the weakest in the whole tribe of Manasseh and I am the least in my entire family. Now reading that, you sort of think, Gideon, you wuss, grow some backbone. What is wrong with you, man? 
But how many of us are a bit like, yeah, thanks for that word, God. Can I just crawl back into this hole and think about it for a while? I don't really want to explode out. I mean, why would I want to save the land from the, the Midianites? I mean, I just want to feed my family. Don't ask me to do something which is obviously impossible. Oh. God will only ask you to do something that's impossible. Otherwise, you don't need his help. And so God's chosen Gideon to do something which has taken him away from his immediate mission. All too often when God calls us to do things, we look and say, well, this isn't what I'm believing for. This isn't what God has asked me to do. I'm, I'm sure that I'm, my, my goal, my, my, my calling in life is to do this. And God, God wouldn't call me to do that. It must be the devil. Nobody here would have ever thought anything like that, I'm sure. So his question was, how's he going to feed his family when God has him gallivanting around killing Midianites? Especially as, in Gideon's eyes, he was likely to be the one being killed because he had no skill at this sort of thing. He was just struggling to thresh wheat in a wine press. Grabbing a sword and going out and reading, leading raiding parties just wasn't, wasn't in his CV. It's not something he was called to do. And so... He had trouble believing that God would, A, want to use him, or that he could use him, because he had his own mission. But what's the outcome? Now, I encourage you to read the rest of the story, but to cut a long story short, Judges 8.28 tells us what the outcome of Gideon putting God's mission into his mission was. And it says, this is the story, referring to the story I haven't told you, which you need to go and read of how the people of Israel defeated Midian, which never recovered. And throughout the rest of Gideon's lifetime, about 40 years, there was peace in the land. Now, can you imagine, because Gideon obeyed God, he didn't have to thresh wheat in a wine press. There was peace throughout the land. They could grow as much wheat as they wanted. Not just his family, but the whole nation of Israel. So, sometimes... When we're believing God for our mission, God has a bigger mission which will actually make our mission succeed beyond our wildest dreams. And, some, and yet we're sitting there with our tiny focused vision. We can't see the big picture that God can see and we refuse to take part in his vision because we're so focused on our own. If Gideon had done that, he'd have spent the rest of his life hiding in wine presses, threshing wheat. Instead, he was, became a judge over the whole of Israel. And in his lifetime, there was peace throughout the whole land. Nobody had to hide in wine presses. Nobody feared the Midianites. The Midianites never recovered, it says. And so following that vision, that mission that God had given him, changed his life completely. Another person that we associate with having a mission from God is Joshua. I mean, we, we read all about Joshua was keen, he and his friend Caleb were keen as mustard to take the promised land. Now they went and spied it out, they came back, they wrote a 20-page report about how good this place was. And everybody else read it and said, yep, but look at paragraph 2b, it says there are giants and they are really nasty. And uh, we are grasshoppers in their sight, therefore we're not going. Joshua was ticked. And he had to wait until 
Moses' generation had all died out, all the, all the naysayers. Before he crossed the Jordan, he defeated all the tribes occupying that land, took Jericho, all the big cities, and went on this rampaging mission for God. And we know about Joshua's uh, exciting adventures. And yet towards the end of his life, he came to realize that it wasn't just good enough for the, for the nation of Israel to be a success. It wasn't just good enough for the nation to actually, well, it was still the tribes of Israel at that point, to have a vision to occupy the promised land. He realized that every single person there had to make it their personal mission to serve God. And so he actually gathered all the tribes together. He was, he was really old by this stage. And he told them a story. And in Joshua 20, 20, the last half of chapter 23 and the first half of chapter 24, you need to read what he says. Because he tells all the tribes about what God has done for them. And yet at the end of it, he says, look at God's promises and look what he has fulfilled. And you will see there is not one promise that has not been fulfilled by God. And so he issues them this challenge. In Joshua 24 and verse 14, he says, So fear the Lord and serve him wholeheartedly. Now remember, we've got to understand what the word fear is. It's not tremble in your boots before God because he's, he's going to do nasty things to you and you'd better do as you're told. Fear the Lord is, is respect and honor and tremble in your boots a bit because you serve the almighty, powerful God of the universe. Serve him faithfully because he is the most powerful. He can do what you ask. Whatever you think, dream or imagine, he can go beyond that. He is worth serving. It says, put away forever the idols your ancestors worshipped when they lived beyond the Euphrates River and in Egypt. You'd have thought by this time they'd have forgotten about Egypt. But obviously not. Serve the Lord alone. But if you refuse to serve the Lord, see, there's a choice. We don't have to include God in our mission. God isn't going to force us to put his mission into our mission in life. He says, if you refuse to serve the Lord, then choose today whom you will serve. Would you prefer the gods your ancestors served beyond the Euphrates? Or will it be the gods of the Amorites in whose land you now live? And then he says, you naughty, wicked people. I hate you all if you do the wrong thing. No, he didn't. He didn't condemn anybody for their decisions. He didn't tell people they were wrong. He didn't try to force people to go in one direction or another. He ended his speech by saying, but as for me, and my family, we will serve the Lord. Simple. And so I encourage you to read those, those chapters because it puts it in a, a context. And this is a, an Old Testament context. So don't remember, we have to upscale it slightly for our, our New Testament con context. Uh, the way God operates, the way because of Jesus' sacrifice on the cross means that we have a slightly different relationship with, our, with God in this age of grace. But we still have a choice to make. God is faithful to those who serve him and will always continue to be so. 
And Joshua's saying, but if you'd prefer to worship and serve someone else, then you can do it. But if you think clearly, if you use common sense, serving God is obviously the better option. And so we all have a choice about how we serve God. And so this morning, I want to actually offer everybody here an opportunity to serve God. Now, we don't have a, I could offer you all sorts of different ways of serving. But A, that would take too long, and, and B, it's a bit complicated. So this morning, we're just going to focus on one thing. Who, who knows that we have a, a system in place in our church to help people serve as volunteers? Okay, well, you do now because I'm telling you. And uh, I'm going to ask Liz to hand out what we call, uh, can I just grab one of those? Volunteer opportunity brochures. And I'm going to ask you to grab one of those. If, if you can start passing those out now, that'd be great. And I want you to understand that, and I, I think I've got my maths right, there are going to be four different types of responses. So I want everybody to grab one, whether you're volunteering or not. Even if you're visiting, it's okay. You can have one. You can take it away and use it for something else if you want. Um, but okay, there's got to be one response. Some of you are already volunteering. And you want to keep doing what you are doing. All that I'm asking you to do is to write your name in there and tick the box that says, I'm happy with my current role. And just hold on to that, and we can put it in the basket. Now, if your mobile number and email address has changed since you last registered as a volunteer, could you please update those details on this form? It's up the top, it says full name, mobile, email. If it hasn't changed, you don't have to fill those in, except for your name, so we know who you are, because we're not clairvoyant. That's unbiblical. Um, so if you're volunteering, you're happy with what you're doing, you just put your name, tick that box, happy doing what I'm doing. Some of you are already volunteering and you want to change what you're doing. You can just write your name in there and tick, I could do, I would like a change. Well, possibly if you're volunteering and you want to do something extra, you could tick the next box which says, I could do something extra. Or even I'm keen to try something and see what fits. Perhaps not that one. Just the first two. Let's not get complicated. And again, if you've changed your details uh, since you last filled in a form, please put your new phone and email address. The third response is some of you would like to start volunteering. And so you've never filled in one of these forms before. So my encouragement today to you is fill out everything you think needs filling out on this form. So that's your name, mobile number, email. You can look at how you're wired. You say, I am friendly. No, that's not me. I'm creative. No, I like details. Yep. Okay. I'm all heart. Forget that. Right. So just tick one or two of those. Uh, which team are you interested in? Uh, none of the above. Um, I'm, I'm ready to go. Sign me up straight away. How often do you want to serve every day? Uh, just fill it in as you see fit. I'm actually not sure that option's there. Um, and the fourth person, the fourth response is... You might be doing other things which you consider this year a part of your mission to God. You don't want to fill in a volunteer form because you're, you're, you've already consulted God. You're doing something for God, maybe as part of the church. I mean, we've got people who come on missions to Fiji with us. Now, 
that's, there's no volunteering form for that here, but they form, they do something important in the church, they're doing something which is a mission for God, it's not part of volunteering, um, and you don't, don't, please don't feel that you have to fill in this form and volunteer if, if you're doing something else that you believe is your mission for God this year. So all you can, what I'd ask you to do, you can write your name if you like, but you can basically just leave it, leave it anonymous and tick, I'm happy with my current role. Because the reason I want you to fill it in is because we're going to collect all these in a moment. Now, first of all, before we do that, who needs a pen to fill the form out? Um, I think we've got spare pens up the front here, so if I could get people to... So keep your hand up and a pen person will come around and procure a, a writing implement for you. Couldn't think of any more P words for that. Because when we've collected them, we're going to bring them up here, we're going to pray over them. So I don't want you to miss out on that. So even if you're not doing anything, just tick the I'm happy with my current role box and pop it in there. So we'd love to pray for whatever role that you're doing. Now I want to reiterate, this is, this is just an example. This is an encouragement that in some way, often we're all Gideons. We don't believe that we can do what God has called us to do. We haven't formulated in our mind how we can serve God. Often the, the task looks too big. Now luckily we're not all called to go and get rid of the Midianites. Sometimes we can start in small ways and volunteering is sometimes a small way just to start on your journey. It could be a journey into ministry, it could be a journey into various other realms, but it's a great way, I believe, of putting God's mission into your mission for this year. To make your personal mission to put time aside to serve God. So that, that's all, this is just an opportunity. I'm not trying to force people to volunteer. I'm not trying to force people to change roles. But I want to give everybody an opportunity to put God into your vision for this year. Into your mission. Sorry. Shouldn't get those two confused. So are people still filling out forms? Yes? No? Wave your hand if you're finished. Extra pen? should have some holding music. Thank you. We haven't got the uh, theme to Ben Gunn. Do you, do you know that one? So are we, are we all fit? Anybody still, still writing? I will take that as a no. If I can get the attendants just to take those baskets around. Um, just leave it folded like that. Don't scrunch it into a tiny ball so that everything gets unreadable.
Only the volunteer leaders and, the, and church leaders will actually read this information. We will not post this on Facebook, put it on our church website or any other way, uh, broadcast your details to people. So we do value your privacy. So please don't be hesitant about putting your personal details. We promise not to misuse them. Down the, down the front it's alright plenty of time now we uh, I'll just explain what we're going to do we're going to bring the baskets up the front and we're going to pray for them and uh, what I'm going to get you to do in a moment is all stand and pray with me but all morning in fact since last night I've had this prompting that I, I've, I should do something that I'm not, I'm not really very good at, but when God says do something, then you listen. Um, and before we pray for those, I, I, and I want you to be thinking about this just before we stand up, I believe that he wants me to pray for people this morning for healing. So if, if you've got something you want prayed for, for healing, when you stand up, as soon as I ask you to stand up, I want you to come out the front on this altar because we're going to do that first. And you can come out for somebody else. If, you, if there's a close friend or, or relative or somebody that you know who needs healing, you can come out on their behalf. Um, now, I, I'm going to tell you right now, I, I, I don't have a gift of healing. It's not something that I wake up every morning thinking God's got a gift on my life for this and I've just got to use it. Um, but I just feel this prompting in my heart that, that today there are people who need healing. So I want you, if that's you, I want you to... Gird up your loins, get your courage in your hands, bring it out the front, and uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pray for you. I'm going to get Pastor Vicky to come out and, and pray with me. Uh, so can you all stand and those people just come out here on the altar, and we'd love to pray with you. rest of you also if you just reach out your hands to these people and, and start to pray if you pray in a heavenly language then just pray in tongues for their healing and let's start to believe for the healing anointing that's going to fall in this place we believe that Jesus Christ died for our sins and for our health for every sickness that we have his stripes represent the healing of that sickness so lift your voices, pray. Come on, let's make this place a prayer room right now.
Come on, church, you've gone quiet. Let's raise the level again. Let's keep praying for these people. You know, we're told not to get weary in doing good. And sometimes, you know, you, you, you can't necessarily see what's going on, but in the spiritual realm, there is warfare going on here. The devil does not want to see God's people healed, whole and healthy. We are here to fight against that. So let's keep praying, raise our voices, shout to the heavens, claim a healing in Jesus' name.
just good while we've got ourselves in a position of prayer to continue that thought, to pray for the mission that God has placed on your lives. And when I talk about your mission, it can be a trivial thing in our minds. I mean, yeah, building a pergola it certainly isn't something that you would hope would take the whole of 2017. It's not a, a whole year goal, but God works in with the plans that we have. They can be short-term or long-term. But one thing I do know is that if we allow God in, and sometimes God plan, God's plans appear on the surface to be small, possibly inconsequential. I mean, you know, part, part of my mission of the church yesterday was to come in and fix the toilet seat in the ladies' toilet. Glamorous spiritual work, let me tell you. And yet, it's, and that may seem insignificant. It may seem very utilitarian. All it required was a spanner. But the thing is that God uses our obedience in small things to actually inspire us to greater things. That sort of thing, that anybody could have done it, but I was there on the spot. I volunteered. I didn't fill in a form to say, toilet seat fixer but I know that there are things that we just need to step up and do and if we step up and do them for God he is faithful and loyal and his word never comes back void and I believe that he grows us for bigger tasks by training us for small ones so Lord I pray right now over every single person represented by these forms here today. I pray that as they make room in their busy lives, in their high pressure lives, for your presence Lord, that they will be rewarded beyond measure by actually putting that aside for you. That your mission for their life will actually more than compensate for the mission that they think they have. That what they are planning for will be completed miraculously more than they could have expected or imagined because they've put you first they've put Jesus Christ as number one so Lord I pray a blessing on every single person represented I thank you Lord that their faithfulness is going to carry them through 2017 not just with survival in mind but with victory on their hearts to be over, more than overcomers in this year 2017. I thank you for them, Lord, in the name of your Son, Jesus Christ. Amen. And while I've got you standing here, can I ask you just to bow your heads, close your eyes for a moment? Because you may not have filled in one of these forms because you don't actually know the God that we're talking about serving. You don't actually have a relationship, a connection with Jesus Christ that enables you to feel comfortable to say, look, I want to serve God. To serve God, first we have to know God. So I want to give you this morning, if that is you, that you want to serve God, but you don't actually know God. You like the idea of a, a mission in life that's bigger than your day-to-day -day existence, but you don't know who to commit that mission to. 
I want to introduce you this morning to our Lord Jesus Christ because He wants to know you. And that connection is as simple as just opening your heart and saying a short prayer which says, Jesus, I'm open to you. I want to change my life, accept you as my Lord and Saviour and walk with you for the rest of my days. Now, if you've never done that this morning, in a moment, I'm going to ask you to put up your hand so that I can see that and I'd love to pray that prayer with you. If you've done it before, but you know that that relationship is not strong enough to be called a real relationship at the moment, then God accepts people back. God is the God of seven times seven times 70 chances. And I'd love to pray with you if you want to rededicate your relationship with God. So while every head is bowed, every eye closed, can I ask, if you've never done that before, or you want to do that again, you want to renew your relationship with Jesus, just raise your hand high so that I can see it. And I'd love to pray a prayer with you. Is there anybody here this morning who would like to take that step to meet the Lord Jesus Christ, to start a walk, to be able to serve and honour Him? Can I get you to open your eyes? Let's just pray this prayer together. Lord Jesus Christ, this morning I commit my life to your service. I give you honour and praise in the name of your Son, Jesus Christ. Amen. You may be seated. Just a few quick reminders. Who, who, likes, who likes websites? Who likes going on the web? We have a fantastic website. I'd like to say that I made it myself, but I had nothing to do with it. Um, if you want to do that leadership course, uh, and, and let, me, let me stress it more strongly than Vicky. Vicky's a nice person. She doesn't like... If you're leading something, you need to be doing this course. Uh, if you think you've got a good excuse, come and tell me and I'll dismiss it. Um, uh, I mean, I'll listen to it. Um, if you're thinking of leading something, you don't have to, but I encourage you that the, the knowledge that you get from actually sitting down under the leadership of somebody like Pastor Phil can change your work life as much as anything else. Your home life. It's not just, he's not going to tell you just how to be a good church person. He's actually going to show you how to be a leader in life. And, you know, I'm hoping to attend in a supervisory capacity, which means I'm going to sit in and learn without actually saying that I need to learn anything because I'm just too proud for that sort of thing. Um, no, I'll be there. Don't you worry. I'm not going to miss this. So I encourage you to join me. So get onto the website, that great website I was just talking about. There is a, a form there. I don't know how they made this form, but you fill it in, type in the numbers, it takes your money and uh, signs you up. It's fabulous. Uh, so do that. And if you're interested in being baptised, uh, the same thing, except it won't cost you any money, uh, which is really good. Free baptism. Who thought of that? That's really good. Um, and that you're registering your interest. You're not signing up. Um, you're not committing at this point. Um, you're, if you sign up, then we will follow you up and, and uh, talk with you about what happens, uh, when it is, all the rest of it. So I encourage you just to register your interest with that.